Tube Girls Rise to Fame, Should We Cancel the Roman Empire, and Is TikTok Surveillance Killing IRL Gossip Sessions? I'm Maggie. And I'm Jasmine. And you're listening to Culture Club, our fortnightly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. This is why we are voting yes in Australia's upcoming referendum on October 14th. A voice to Parliament isn't perfect, but it's a step forward rather than backwards. While we can't tell you what to vote for, we implore all local listeners to research and think about the Australia they want to see. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I have an apology to make to you, Jazz, and fellow listeners and friends of mine, very formal. I publicly um, kept slaughtering the summer I turned pretty <laughs> without having watched it. Um, what were you saying about it? I can't even remember now. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I was like, the characters are like AI-generated butts. I was like, the way it's filmed looks gross. Like, what is with this incestuous love triangle? <laughs> All that. And now you're a convert? I am. <laughs> Sorry, convert sound like Conrad. <laughs> so I was trying to make a little <laughs> a little joke there. Um, yeah, so I've only started season one. I'm maybe like halfway through, so I'm not even in the depths of it yet but I love it that's where I got hooked halfway through mm-hmm. season one I also apologize to our friend Ali yeah. I was the same I think I said on the podcast as well like I don't know I'm not into teeny like shows like Heartstopper etc but then I gave this a go I think I was like PMSing so hard and I couldn't get out of bed and I was like just I need something like distracting and something fluffy and so I turned it on I was like let's see what's all the fuss is about and now I'm so obsessed. I would like watch it every single night. And then my boyfriend would just look over at me and we, cause we have headphones in and we're watching our own laptops and um, he'd look over and I would just be like silently like crying. Oh, like I'm tearing out just thinking about how much I was just like obsessed with like, I don't know what it is. I just feel like Jenny Han captures or Han, sorry, captures teenagehood so so Mm. well and like yes it's very american and like they live in this beautiful big beach house every summer and like very privileged lifestyle but like i think like those the teenage angst that she writes is so well done okay yeah you were fully obsessed so you finished season two and then you told me that you're listening to the audiobook for like season three yeah because obviously season three isn't out yet and i don't think it will be out for a while with all the strikes going on so i bought the audiobook and belly is even more annoying in the book than she is in the show like i struggled a bit with her i think they toned her down a little bit in the show because in the third book no spoilers but like it feels even like it feels like the reason that I didn't get into it. It's just teenagers like fighting so far. I'm mm-hmm. not that far into it. Arguing about like relationship communication issues. And like you have to learn that, obviously. But I'm like, this is so toxic. Like, Belly, what are you doing? So, yeah. Okay. I don't know if the producers make her less 
like intense or something. Not that there's anything wrong with being an intense teenage girl, but yeah. Anyway, you can make your own mind up if you want to listen to it or read it. Yeah, so exciting. I'm like really excited to keep watching it. It's like the best nighttime ritual. Like yeah. getting to bed, I'm watching it and I've got my brie cheese <laughs> and I'm in heaven. I'm in absolute heaven like that. Sorry, that is so random. Wait. My brie cheese snack. Sorry. So girl, I'm, I'm moved past girl dinner. I'm sophisticated girl dessert. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> that is very grown up. No, 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 because my plates are food at the moment. Um, so last week, um, Tom made some packet brownies. So I was getting a little brownie. I was getting like a few slices of brie on crackers with some blueberries. And then sometimes some like dark chocolate. Like so, so, so grown up. Of, like, a grown up treat of like dark chocolate and blueberries, like antioxidants, but a little bit of sugar. <laughs> yeah. But no, I have like cheese every night. It's my favorite food. Anyway, so um, yeah. And I like splurge. Anyway, this is. We're going detailed. I know. Speaking of you saying like girl dinner, being an adult woman, I saw a TikTok that I can't get out of my head. And now every time I see this phrase, I'm like, oh my God, so true. You're going to hate, you're going to hate this. What? The whole like, a t- I'm a teenage girl in my 20s. Yeah. Is the Gen Z version of adulting. Oh, hard. so true. It's so, that's so true. Uh, that is so true. Have you heard that yet? No, I haven't. But like, I admit it. I'm like, no, yeah. Jen said we are cringe. Like, I know we're cringe in a different way, but we are still cringe. Yeah. Yeah. But I have something else to offer, right? Because let's be honest, people jumping on this trend are usually people in like their early 20s, right? Like teenage girl, and like I'm a 23 year old teenage girl kind of thing. Mm. But with like lockdown and pandemics, like literally we are, like literally my brain, like everyone is like takes two years off their age kind of thing. And I'm like, we do embody teenage girl energy. And I I love that. I, I Every day I try to like chase te- teenage girlhood in a bit of my, like in a little way. Why? Because I think that being a teenage girl and the way that you see the world is like the more most authentic way of being human. Like mm. your emotions are heightened. You feel things so deeply. Like why wouldn't you want to aspire to that? I know it's like so intense as well, but I just think there's something so like vulnerable about it. Yeah. No, I, I love that as well. And I do feel like my most pure, pure self yeah. internally is like 15 years old. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny the whole like, Gen Z making fun of millennials for being cringe. Mm -hmm. And like you see all these TikToks and I've seen, because I guess I'm like a little bit in that generation, seeing the other side millennials being like, why? Like it was called like the boomification of Gen Z, they called it. In terms of like (laughs) boomers make fun of millennials and now Gen Z is making fun of millennials. Like why is everyone so so obsessed with millennials? Mm. Um, But yeah, the whole adulting is hard versus teenage girl in her 20s. I think teenage girl in her 20s is more fun, definitely. Mm. And a bit more like niche internet culture. Anyway, we are getting far too deep in like the culture club law. Like we are built on this type of content. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. Jazz, what has caught your attention this week? This morning, one of the first things I saw was new news out of the Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas marriage split. Mm-hmm. What happened? So at the time of recording, it is Friday the 22nd at lunchtime. And this morning I woke up to see that Sophie Turner is suing Joe Jonas to force him to hand over the passports of their children so that she can essentially take them back to England. This is actually so wild because this is public. Like this is super public. This is coming from like her mouth, her lawyer's mouth, not just he said, she said allegations from their like quote unquote camps. Yeah, I feel like with the whole like, 
Sophie's a bad mother mm-hmm. and like she's partying. That felt really like oh, sources tell the Daily Mail. Yeah. Whereas this is like in her petition, like she says that the couple had planned to raise the kids in England. Obviously, he lives in America. Apparently, he's in uh, living with the two girls in a Manhattan hotel. Right. She's like working in England, but she's like, I want them to live in England because they're fully involved and integrated in all aspects of daily and cultural life in England, as her petition says. Mm, because the kids are, like, one's three years old and one's one years old. Like, Tiny. that's baby. Yeah, it's very sad. It kind of, I know we're part of the problem by, like, kind of talking about it. Sometimes I'm like, this feels like today it's turned mm. from, like, oh, my God, like, celeb divorce, Joe Jonas, he's a dick, to, like, this is, like, a child custody battle yeah. with, like, babies. That's so true. Um, I saw in the news that apparently Sophie and Joe had agreed to like relocate back to the UK, which is her like homeland, back in April this year. But like obviously that didn't happen. So because she was working, Sophie said that her and Joe had agreed that the children would travel with Joe Jonas while he's on tour, mm. but then they have a nanny. And then the plan was for Sophie to travel to New York after filming Wrapped to collect the children. But then the breakdown of the marriage happened really quickly. And one of the like most heartbreaking things that's come out as well is that according to Sophie, he filed for divorce on September 1st mm-hmm. and she learned about it through the press. That's wild. This is after he famously broke up with Taylor Swift via text message. Yes, they were teenagers. This is very different life stages, etc. But like, I saw a tweet that was like, can this man break up with anyone in person? Literally, has this man learnt nothing? That's wild to me. I think that's probably like the thing that shocks me the most. You can't even have a conversation face to face or even over like a phone call to tell your wife that you are literally filing for divorce. So odd. And especially because it happened so quickly. Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe the speculation, but like, what if she, they were like, oh, maybe she was like, well, maybe we should like call this off. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, okay, like, fuck you. And then yeah. just like goes and divorces her in America and she's in England. Like, wait, we were having conversations. Like, exactly. So bloody awful. Yeah. And even though the kids are so young, like, I think especially that three year old one, they can pick up on energy. They can, like, they know things yeah. are wrong. So it feels super, super messy. I think this story is just getting messier and messier honestly yeah but joe has put out his own statement and said that he is quote seeking shared parenting with the kids so that they are raised by both their mother and father and that he is quote okay with the kids being raised in both countries this is an unfortunate legal disagreement about a marriage that is sadly ending when language like abduction is used it is misleading at best and a serious abuse of the legal system at worst because basically sophie was like she saw him a couple of days ago on September 17 and asked for the children's passport so she could take them to England, but then he refused. So then mm. she was like, okay, like they have dual citizenship, so she has a right as well. So it's like literally like a custody battle. Like they both want the kids in different countries. Oh my God. So, so sad. <laughs> it's so tiring. And of course, this coincides with that iconic photo of Sophie and Taylor Swift together. God, that's that's gonna go down in history. Yeah. Everyone was saying that was like the best PR move Sophie mm-hmm. could make. Yeah. Yeah. Do you I, think it was PR? Oh yeah, hundred percent. One thousand percent. It's a, a photo says a thousand words or whatever they say, you know. Like it's definitely that. It's all you did, need to know. Did you see the picture of Taylor like listening to Sophie in the restaurant? No. Oh my She's, god. She's like got a hand on her chin and is like so intently listening <laughs> to her. 
Um, and so there's a couple of memes on Twitter going on about that. That's so good. Um, the other thing I saw on Twitter today was like Joe Jonas and Joe Orwin have the chance to do like the funniest yes. thing. And I'm like, do that. <laughs> I feel like that photo is giving we're unbothered, like we're hot. We are single. Yeah, we are single. We're out on the town together. Yeah. I don't know. I just feels like the best move. I also think like the whole world loves Taylor Swift, essentially. Mm-hmm. She's like the biggest star, not just pop star, the biggest star on the planet. So to be seen with her when she's adored by millions and millions of people is kind of showing like you're on the right side 100%. in a way. And also that Taylor Swift um, lyric, picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife. So, yes. I mean, <laughs> it's literally what it says on the tin. Yeah. Well, Maggie, thank you so much for reminding me of that song. Now I know exactly what I'm listening to on my Friday afternoon. Yes. (laughs) So, Jazz, last week on the podcast, did you know of the existence of Tube Girl? I don't think so. I feel like she's just popped out of nowhere. I know. She is honestly like the celebrity of the moment mm. especially in the social media world i mean i literally caught up with a 40 year old man before this who is you know savvy about this thing but even he knew he like her her influence has like is everywhere her influence is everywhere so if you haven't heard you've probably been under a rock but uh tube girl is sabrina bassoon who became a viral sensation when she posted her first tube vid on august 13. So the videos show her in the London Underground Tube. And if you haven't been on them before, they, to keep it cool, I guess, they have like the wind tunnel going through the tubes. And so if you stand in certain areas, you get like this whole wind situation. Um, And so the video is so simple. It's her to like a really cunty track. It's like, (laughs) that's how I describe it. It's just like party pop girl vibes uh-huh. and she has her back camera on 0.5 and just does like short sharp angles and she's like mouthing to the lyrics um she has a couple different tracks but i thought i was just like sixty thousand follows and i was like how is she not bigger and then within like i kept checking back every time she came from my feed now she's at like hundreds of thousands it's so crazy to me how tiktok creates these like celebrities yeah. So now at the time of recording, she has almost half a million followers. I I bet by the time this episode's released, that's just going to be climbing yeah. and climbing. Her likes are currently sitting at 17 million. She is absolutely killing it. I remember the first time I watched one of her videos, I was literally like my drawers on the ground. Like she had like, mm. the cutest flowy like mini skirt on and like the movements were just so sleek and fast. Um, and obviously I think the most compelling part of the videos are like the the people just sitting on the subway <laughs> just like like you know old businessmen and things um just like watching her because yeah. like oh my god could you ever do that <laughs> i don't know i haven't tried it on melbourne tram um but as someone who lived in london literally no one gives a fuck on these tubes like no one talks to each other if you i remember being like australian like being on the tube and like you know you smile at people or like you even if you just accidentally make eye contact everyone's just like looks at the ground or they don't smile everyone looks most of the time generalizing quite miserable i actually once got my arm stuck in a tube door (gasps) oh my god no (laughs) it was okay it was scary for a minute but i was holding like groceries and then 
the door shut on my arm and I dropped the groceries because I was scared trying to get my arm back out and then eventually the door opened and I just had to like awkwardly walk back in and like pick up my vegetables from the ground of the tube floor and no one said anything no one no. like i feel like in australia people are like oh my god are you okay like and help you pick it up or whatever people like barely looked up it was just like you just mind your business so i think that is the fact it's in london makes sense to me god okay i also just love sabrina because she's my asian asian representation queen she was raised in Malaysia um, she moved to the UK because she's studying a law degree um, and also represent she's a like public transport girly like the reason why she was kind of compelled to do this was like she said to the BBC that she's just like always used to long commutes and I'm like I relate to that <laughs> which is so true and I was obsessed with the way um, her first video came about did you hear this story no so she literally had an idea for a TikTok video and she asked another passenger if they could help her film it and they straight up said no. <laughs> so she filmed the video herself. And like then that's her brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But imagine like, imagine the person, that would be kind of, a, like she must have no social anxiety to be like, can hey stranger, can you film this like <laughs> yeah. cunty video of me lip syncing like, you know. It's true. It's true. She was talking to Pop Sugar as well. And she said like, yeah, she's had like the odd comment or like stare or kind of like sigh. Mm. But this is what she said. I'm not a judgmental person. So if I saw somebody doing that on the tube and I'd never done that before, I'd be like, slay, enjoy your life. I love seeing people enjoy their life. And I don't think it's anybody's right to give opinions of others. So I don't care about the opinions of others in that sense. I love that. Yeah. It's such a good attitude to have. Since her videos have blown up, she's walked London Fashion Week with MAC Cosmetics, been invited to Paris Fashion Week, and has secured lots of brand deals. She actually was a model before this. So to me, it's not that surprising because it's like she is like beautiful mm. and fits like a standardized ideal of beauty that these brands are already looking for. So for me, it's more like a, um, like a scouting thing. Like mm. she was there, she was modeling, not as big as she was. And this is like propelled her to so much fame, but I can't wait to see what she does. I can't wait to see, because it is really hard. I think to propel yourself just from like a viral moment, a viral mm. video and to continue that. 100%. Like this is not just like a one-time thing. She's been really smart and used like multiple audio she's kind of expanded just mm. from the tube as well so yeah watch this space i think she is going to be in like that realm of like alex earl yes. i would say even though like this is early early days she'd have so many managers like scrambling to mm-hmm. get her on their books and it's so true like tiktok is producing these stars and it's like you have your 15 minutes especially if it's like a re- related around a trend it's like as soon as you're not doing that trend anymore or everyone gets sick of it, you could so easily lose that influence. But to like just keep kind of moving outside of the TikTok world, like Paris Fashion Week, MAC Cosmetics brand deals, like that is what keeps you like going up and like building your brand versus like 
staying on TikTok, I think. Mm-hmm. I hope I can be the next Metro Mikey PTV girl. I mean, your video on the tram, your reel on the tram, I was looking at your reels last night because you were like, oh, I've gained like a few new faces around here. And I was like, what? I looked at your follower account. 4K more. And I was okay. like, what is she doing? I looked at your reels popping off, but one of them is you being like exposure therapy on the tram, outfit fits. And it's got like 133,000 views. So yes. you are the Melbourne, Melbourne tram girl. Melbourne girl, please. Melbourne PT yes. girl. Yes. That's my new brand, everybody. So, Mac, you have my details. <laughs> Maggie, how mm. often do you think about the Roman Empire? Literally never. <laughs> Literally never. Well, I think I think about it when I see gladiator sure i did think of the shoe first yeah that's fine so not often but it's a question that women have been asking their boyfriends situationships dads and brothers for the last like 10 days i did ask my own boyfriend he did say he thinks about it every two ish days but then i i asked him like genuinely like we hadn't spoken about it before i literally were just like chilling in our room i just got my phone out and i was like what do you think about how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And he answered. And then as I ended record, I was like, Have you seen that trend? He was like, Yes, I have seen the trend, but like I genuinely yeah. think it's true. And like I do. So I don't know if he was playing up to it a little bit. Um, it did make a lot of people realise that he is British as well on my Instagram. They're like, wait a second, your boyfriend actually has a British accent. But the trend isn't new. It has been around since 2022, which I didn't mm. know. I never saw this. So what actually happened last year? I actually got an Instagram message from a friend who lives in Finland. And she was like, it's so funny seeing this go viral in English speaking countries. Like uh, this has been around for years. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> I swear I was like on on the button, Pulse. you know, on the polls asking my boyfriend last week. Um, but she says that a Swedish influencer named Saskia Court shared a screenshot of texts with her partner in which she asked him like how often he thought of the Roman Empire. So this is like a year ago and then it's gone viral again, which is so interesting in terms of like things being recycled um, because a another Sweden-based Roman reenactor, Gaius Flavius, referenced that post in a reel in August of this year. In the reel, he wrote, ladies, many of you do not realize how often men think about the Roman Empire. Ask your husband, boyfriend, father. You'll be surprised by their answers. Mm, I mean, so that's how this trend has resurged in English speaking countries, which okay. is really interesting to me. This is so interesting because I've literally never thought of this in my life. Mm. The, the closest like cultural touch point I have is, did you ever play the computer game Age of Empires? No. <gasps> it was like my favorite game. It's so fun. You build up your little empire and like it's so fun you have like a little village and like little weapons and you do go to war and oh you like god. forage oh my god it's like i can actually picture everything about it at the moment on the computer on game? the computer yeah oh. i just had like a de- desktop like cd rom kind Cute. of vibe and i know the cheat code's still like the mother load you know <laughs> or actually there's one called like big daddy and then he comes because this is roman emperor empire times and literally is this you can order a car with like a man with a machete that comes around anyway sorry this is my childhood oh my god this is off brand for you this is so off brand where's for me. the miffy games i know so maggie what did you think of this trend 
I found it so perplexing because, again, I've never thought about this empire in my life before. And the way that it holds such real estate in like the minds of men blew me away. And there was something like weird about it. Something didn't sit right, but I could not put my finger on it. Like Mm. nothing, like there wasn't like a red flag or whatever, but I was just like, hmm, something's weird here. And then I did see a TikTok, which I found really interesting. And it was literally about the link between like people who are obsessed with like the Roman empire and white supremacy. Have you seen this conversation? No. No, I know. This is, I know. It, it, feel, it might sound like a little bit of a reach, but I actually enjoyed watching this video. We're going to play a snippet now. And it's because the way that we tell classical history, particularly Roman history, is to make them seem like us. I mean, we even think of these sculptures as white when they were gaudily painted. We misuse history to tell stories we identify with. And why do we identify with Rome? Because of its imperial nature. We live a colonial society where the justification of destroying whole communities was this idea that whiteness was a savior, which is very similar to these Romans saying, we're going to Romanize all of y'all. Aren't you all lucky? That is very similar to a Harper's Bazaar Australia article that I read, and it references Harper's Bazaar U.S., Um, It says, Rosa Sanchez writes that the trend speaks to, quote, anxieties around manhood and masculinity in our allegedly equal society, noting that the Roman Empire has been falsely immortalized in museums and old history books as a great big monoracial, specifically white, force, despite historians having proved its population was as racially diverse as ours. It's so interesting. I actually enjoy this because there is a parallel between like ultra conservative groups who idolize this side of history and the trend yeah definitely not denying that like alt-right groups are so obsessed with white supremacy and it's like very like we gave you roads we gave you plumbing Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like well lots of societies throughout history have contributed to like the society we have now it's true i saw an article in vox it was actually published in 2019 so way ahead of this conversation um, but it was literally titled why the alt right loves ancient greece in it the writer sean Ealing says There's a fascination with Spartan culture and Stoic philosophers and famous thinkers like Aristotle and Plato. The men who consume this stuff, and yes, it's almost exclusively men, tend to believe two things. That ancient Greek and Roman culture are the basis of Western civilization and that these cultures are the exclusive achievements of white men. The writer continues, But the idea isn't merely to celebrate these ancient cultures. The goal is to turn a phrase like Western civilization into code for white culture and to cement a narrative about history that glorifies patriarchy and undercuts cultural progressivism. So, so interesting, but it definitely doesn't mean everyone who likes ancient history is in the alt-right. I wonder if we, we collectively, or like why the culture, Western culture has so much, so many movies and like so mm. many books and like so lots of fantasy books are kind of set in that time is because it like of the documentation. Maybe. But I think, again, like we've had these conversations about history. And it's like history is told by like the victors. Yeah. And it's just like there are so many interesting like war stories mm. and like empire stories of like not just in like Europe and stuff like that so that doesn't really add up to me as well mm-hmm. I'm like I cannot name you any other empire but there are many that are of interest the but like Ottoman the, the Ottoman maybe that's a vampire weekend song isn't it 
Oh my god. Okay, we're getting too deep into history. I already think that the trend is dying. My friend David said he's been asked by five different women yeah. over the course of the week. I'm like, that says a lot about you, buddy. <laughs> so shows you. Um, so before this trend dies, Maggie, what's your Roman Empire? I've actually given this some thought. I would have to say Zoella and Alfie Days. I think about them like literally every few days. That is bloody hilarious. Also, you posted about them on your story about them getting engaged. And I had a friend message me being like, oh, my God, I thought this was you and Laurie. So funny. Because you were like my parents. Yeah. Okay. Yours is Zoella. Mine is, I think, Marie Antoinette. So true. Sophia Coppola version. Or yeah, just, or just, just literally her. I think I think Sophia Coppola version and the Library of Alexandria getting okay. burnt down. Okay, love that. This is actually like in the field of history. I was just like, Brie Cheese is my <laughs> Roman Empire. <laughs> I have many, but I but I don't think about them every two days. Like, oh, what? okay. I don't know. Like, I have many fascinations. Mm-hmm. You know, like were you a Titanic girly when you were growing up? I was an Eiffel Tower yeah. girly. I just loved. Okay. I was like learning history of the Eiffel Tower for some reason. What the hell? Okay, I don't know. I love this. Maybe in a past life, I was Parisian or something. Let us know on Instagram what your Roman empires are. We want to know. Maggie, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you gossip in public? Yeah. But, oh, no, Jazz, I am so good. It's like I've signed NDAs or something. So I'm so conscious of being like in public when talking about stuff. Mm. I will never say my workplace or like what I'm writing for or like anyone. I will, I will like, avoid that word as like, wow. like the plague. You never know who you're near. I know. That is smart. Uh-huh. Oh, I feel I'm feeling like that more and more just because I've lived in Melbourne for so long that now even living in a major city, I'll be out and about and I'll bump into someone I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just because we all go to the same places all the time. But, yeah, it's, like, pretty common. I will see someone I know on the street. So I'm like, there could be a friend of a friend, like, sitting in a cafe and then they know me through the podcast or through Instagram or something. And so I'm getting more conscious of it. But I uh, look over my shoulder, but I still do it. Yeah. So you would classify yourself as a public gossiper? Yeah, I call it debriefing. Okay. <laughs> you are not actually not a huge gossip. No. Like you don't often talk badly people. I feel like I talk about situations though. But then that's <laughs> the same thing. I don't know. I love the rebranding of gossiping. I know. I know. And I feel like in recent years it has been like encouraged and we really know about the benefits of gossip. Um, and it's been around literally since like the era of witches and and Mm. whatnot history things but i used to be really against it especially when i was like a teenager in high school i was like you know be nice to people behind you on the back like what if your friend was saying this about you and it has taken a little bit of like unlearning that's why i'm still like i'm i'm like a closeted i know that's why i'm like Maggie never talks badly about anyone. So if you do, if they, it means they really piss you off. It's true. It's true. I'm, I'm still a little bit shy. You get so excited when I'm like, just I need to tell you something. I know. <laughs> I'm a Gemini fucking gossip. I'm not a nasty gossip though. No. But this conversation was brought to the internet this week because yeah. there was a few TikToks about like people getting outed for gossiping with their friends. Okay. Which one did – what did you see about this? So I – follow Kelsey Kotsor and she went viral like 2.3 million views she's a style influencer in New York 
and she's been traveling all around Europe at the moment, like many influencers are. And she posted a video speaking to camera. She gets back to her hotel from brunch. She's in London and she sets her phone up and she starts talking to the camera and she is explaining the story. Let's play the clip just so you get the full experience. Mm -hmm. And she was going on to say about how like the bride was supposed to look so beautiful but she didn't. And the bridesmaids also didn't look beautiful. It gets worse. They're talking about the gallery that they had just been sent of photos from the wedding. And they were going through the photos on their phone, swiping through the first impressions of the bridesmaids seeing the bride for the first time in her dress and all dolled up. And they were zooming in on each one of their three faces, talking about how fake of a face they had to put on for this and how they had to be like star-studded actresses on this day. One of them even said that the she should try out for the West End because of how she was acting on that day, trying to pretend she was happy for her friend. When I tell you, if I were that friend and I knew that these girls were talking about me like this, I would throw myself into traffic. It was so incredibly harsh and i'm probably not even relaying how harsh it was like their facial expressions and everything it was so dark-sided anyway if you just got married and your color scheme was like blush and you have two blonde friends with short bobs and you have a brunette friend don't be friends with them anymore so this has really divided the internet there are kind of two camps because some people are saying the bride deserves to know she should know that her friends are awful people and she should cut them off and they think that kelsey's being a girl's girl by telling this story to the internet and another on another hand people are saying that this was a huge invasion of privacy on the girls at brunch like yes sure they were nasty and they don't like that bride doesn't deserve it but like they also have the right to bitch about whoever they want and talk about whatever they want in public mm. without fear of like 2.3 million people seeing it. Yeah. It's such an interesting con- I, I feel like it's an ethical conversation. Me too. I actually love it because it's not about like if the gossiping group like were in the wrong for talking about their friend, but it's about like the person who's filmed this video and put it out into mm. the internet. And is that the correct thing to do? I love this because my mind's also not made up mm. yet but one i don't think kelsey sorry i don't know her i don't follow her so sorry i'm sure she's a lovely person but i don't think she did this out of the goodwill of her heart she did this to get views well the thing that gets me again i followed kelsey for like two three years and i kind of oh. have a little parasocial relationship like i love her content mm. and i'll be like yes kelsey's posted that was an interesting way to look at this kind of like viral moment of when it's like you feel like you know them mm, and they're going viral mm-hmm, for like a mm-hmm. bad thing. That was an interesting kind of thing to happen. But she says, what gets me, she says, if this was me and I knew these girls were talking like this, I'd throw myself into traffic. Yet she's telling millions yeah. of people the story and she also identifies the girl. She's like, as we heard, she's like, there's a brown, she've got a brown bob. If they look like this and this, um, then they were talking badly about you and you should cut them off. So she knows that like this would be an awful thing to Mm. see on the internet imagine you've just spent your bloody life savings at your wedding and then have you have these photos with these girls Mm. and then this influencer tells two million people what they were saying about you behind your back you can't look at those photos ever again because it's like i know that they were all taught what they were saying on that day like you'd just be heartbroken and i so i just don't think that was her place to say that 
No, why are you inserting yourself into this drama? You don't actually know these people. Mm. Even if it's when, like, you know, if you're in a friendship group and there are problems with, like, Mm. other people in the group, it's a deliberation to be like, hey, should I involve myself in this drama? Are they going to work it out themselves? But it's true. Like, that's the grown-up thing. We've been talking about this, like, off-air, about, like, as we get older, it's about being more unbothered about other people's drama. so true. We kind of laugh like that because when I was in high school, I was always the peacekeeper. Like, Mm. I always want people to get along. And sometimes I was immediately in the drama. But if I wasn't, I'd be like, but I love both of you. Like, why can't you get along? And I'd be like the middle person running between them. And I guess recently we've been in a situation where, like, that's happened as adults. And I was so close to messaging this person and being like, why did you do this? Like, Mm. this has really hurt this person. But I had to really take a step back and be like, it's actually not my place because this is between them. Like, yes, I love them both, but like, I don't have to do this. Like, I don't have to do the emotional labor of like, of like fixing their friendship or whatever is going on. But if it was me and you, then it's like, Mm. well, it's our thing. So like, we can talk about it as adults. What I find even more like compelling about this conversation as well is like, the conversation around surveillance culture on TikTok has amplified so much. So about a year ago, we were talking about that trend of like filming people's outfits in public without, you know, them knowing or without mm. the consent. Then did have you seen those like TikToks and things on Instagram, of like zoomed in photos of people's phone yes. screens, like the text? Yes, I want to talk about that as well. But, like this is that, but I like that. even more, right? Because you're literally got like the pe- people's faces or their voices saying these things. It's not even just like, the back of someone's head looking at their phone with a text Mm, it's very big brother i know that's used in like all right spaces now which i hate and like you go into venues and it's like you will be recorded like we all know Mm. we're kind of being watched all the time but it's when it's like the privacy thing right it's like i wouldn't want someone i'm like very conscious of like texting in public and like looking over my shoulder and um millie bobby brown actually spoke about (laughs) kind of this situation i guess it's different for her she's a mega celebrity Mm. but i saw a buzzfeed tiktok this morning and it was like what would you do if you weren't famous for one day and she was like i'd go to a concert and she said i went to the taylor swift concert recently and i loved it i had a great time but like i wasn't in the moment because there were like thousands of cameras on me um like filming my reaction same thing with taylor swift at the vmas in terms of like there was a camera just on her like how weird is that to be like getting made into me i know that we well we made a meme of a photo but like getting made into memes and twitter like instantly Mm. that would be freaking weird Mm -hmm. obviously this is a much much smaller scale you're not gonna have thousands of people on one random person in a concert but you can so easily like if you it's like things are taken out of context as well like if you accidentally stood on a the wrong person's foot they can just like whip the camera out and like things are just taken out of context so i purposefully don't use other people for content in that way Mm. And if I do, I think I posted a photo of like a dog on a tram the other day. And if I do, if they were like strapped to a person. And um, if I do, I'll like zoom in so you can't see that person's face. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. There's just like those little things. It's like almost a online etiquette that we're forgetting or something. Yeah. That's so true about etiquette. I feel like that conversation is going to continue to mm. evolve with like all these new types of technologies that we're seeing. Um, but watch your back, Jazz. A dog might sue you. <laughs> Thank you. 
It is now time for our recommendations. So every week we bring listeners something that we've really enjoyed reading, watching or listening to. So Jazz, you're up first. What is your recommendation? This week I have been listening to Shameless's In Conversation with the one and only Dolly Alderton. Yes. Every 20-something girl's favorite person Mm -hmm. most people (laughs) this is the second time that the shameless team have spoken with dolly on mic this time they were over in london it was michelle and annabelle the conversation got very emotional very quickly have you listened to it yet i have yeah but very quickly it gets emotional and it was just like such a beautiful conversation i love the way dolly is so emotional Mm. and loving it's like quite validating i think you know what i always in the podcast like oh i'm gonna cry oh like i'm quite emotional and like tell my friends i love them and stuff so it's like nice to see someone who's so successful but still so like in touch with their emotions Mm. and lovely and then at the end of the episode, she also gives three different people advice. So I thought the way – and Michelle and Annabelle also chime in on with their own advice. So it's a very easy and nice listen. And in the episode, both Michelle and Dolly defend gossiping. Yes. <laughs> good tie into the segment before. They say it's actually healthy. So – and, like, it's a good way to, like, get your emotions out with one person versus, like, mm. blowing up to the person you actually – have an issue with and you might even realize it's not actually that big of a deal when you talk it out with someone which i do a lot i think yeah <laughs> no, it's good i love it um but that is my little recommendation what have you been watching listening to a reading this week maggie you gave me a little giggle and a like on our google doc where we put our notes you were like ha 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 like you know <laughs> about my recommendation and let me tell listeners what it is it is the film strictly ballroom which um is actually wait why is everyone <laughs> laughing at me in this room <laughs> sorry go on <laughs> So, guys, I actually hate Australian, like, <gasps> cinema. Okay, I know, that. I know. Unpatriotic of me. the film industry. I know, I'm so sorry. But if I just made better things, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But uh, I watched this a couple of weeks ago with my um, boyfriend. He hadn't seen it either. And it's this 1992 rom-com, right? So that's so old. That is 31 years old, this film. And he just put it on i didn't even know what we were watching i didn't know who was a by blah, blah blah and in the first like minute i guess i was like oh my god this is baz lerman and yes this is the first like feature directorial film that baz actually did he both directed it and co-wrote it right um so you've seen it obviously it seems yes okay it's classic it's a classic well i I had heard the name right but i literally knew nothing about it and now it's definitely in my top five favorite movies oh my god okay that is a glowing review Mm -hmm. it was just so like camp so fun like the way it was filmed was so good the costuming the makeup like oh to die for did you recognize sonia kruger yeah she what a hottie what a racist hottie (laughs) Can we get sued for defamation? <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, what a babe. <laughs> the other the other star of that, though, was like the main girl in it. She's a dance academy teacher. So we love that tie-in. The only like Australian TV show I like. You're so naughty. I know. And I didn't actually give um, listeners like a rundown of the premise. Mm. So like essentially it's about like ballroom dancing and this like – main top ballroom dancer is paired with this like quote plain left-footed local girl in this like in this 
blurb about the film um, and they are trying to win a dance competition together essentially anyway it's such a fun watch i highly recommend yeah glowing review for a 31 year old movie i like that let's i'm gonna watch more old movies and recommend them on the pod 100 percent. film club that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you so much for joining us today until next time keep up to date with us on socials you can find us on both tiktok and instagram and because Maggie forgot to say it, <laughs> the handle is actually at Culture Club Pod on those apps. But we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.